2: The dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. If I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I, at least I felt that I could keep uh, their skeletons.
0: Hey, guys. Hi! It's us this again. Is, this is such a contrast <laughs> from the normal. I feel like it's usually me that's like, well,
1: Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm just preparing you for the...
0: Eeyore of all episodes. Just a real big downer. <laughs> the Eeyore of episodes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Uh well, welcome to the Bad Taste Crimecast. <laughs> Did you want to do that? Sure. Do the thing. Welcome. Welcome
1: to the Bad Taste Crimecast. I'm Janelle. I'm Vicky. There we go. Yeah. I can fake it.
0: <laughs> it's acting. Right. <laughs> Get with it. If this is your first time listening, a special hello to you. We are back with some tales of tragedy. Oh God, we're so sorry. <laughs> this yes. is going
1: to be um a great build up to the holidays. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, good point. I, I just thought about it. I know, that. we're like, just like crap. whizzing right past Halloween <laughs> into Thanksgiving. My mom's already been talking about Christmas shopping. I'm just like, mm, uh, I we can't just decided where we were going to have Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> But who
1: wants to do it this year? Because we rotate houses.
0: Yeah. Uh <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, we've had a bunch of like uh like most of the stuff that we normally do for our holidays every year is getting flipped around and on its head for the first time in literally years. So Uh-oh. it'll be interesting. <laughs> flipped, turned upside down. It's all wiggity-whack. wiggity whack. Wiggity wiggity whack. Just like the fact that we don't really have any news today. <laughs> So we're going to skip our news segment. (laughs) You like that? In
1: news. We're skipping the news. news. You already have a 24-hour news cycle. You don't need our news all the time.
0: I can't. Sometimes I just can't, guys. And today was one of those days. Yeah. We'll get it next time. There's always a next time.
1: (laughs) Sometimes it's good to take a break and assess your feelings.
0: (laughs) Oh, you're going to need to after this one. Oh, boy. So we're going to... Just skip, skip to the fun part. Skip to Netflix and kill. <laughs> yes, that's the fun part. Yes. So there was a release on Netflix called The Laundromat, mm-hmm. um, based on the Panama Papers. Yes, which is one of those areas of crime that I find interesting. Well, kind of yeah. crime, fraud and <sighs> like he said, that really midwestern Frad. Fred. Fred. <laughs> oh, it's Fred. <laughs> Froud. <laughs> um, so you watched this. I did. And we started talking about it before the show. And I was like, we need to sit it. I had to it. put pause. Yes. So <laughs> tell me about it.
1: So it's a uh, fic- historical fiction. Let's put it that way. Let me get my, z- my genres correctly. Okay. It's a historical fiction story about the uh, breaking of the Panama Papers. Mm-hmm. And it has Gary Oldman in it and Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. And I love Meryl Streep. The other Streep. gentleman's name, I'm forgetting. Vinicio Del Toro, I think it is. Yeah, probably. Sure. Um, and it follows the two gentlemen who were in the company, um, whose name I'm forgetting. It's Moseco and something. Yeah. Um, but it was like a Panamanian man and a German man. Right, right. And it follows the story of Meryl Streep, who lost her husband in this accident where a sightseeing boat capsized. Okay, and her husband died, and it. She was trying to obtain the life insurance from the boat company. Okay, what wound up happening is they uncover that the boat company had this sort of insurance that was owned by somebody else. That was owned by somebody else. That was owned by somebody else. (laughs) Yeah, shell company by shell company. All of these shells, and then there was really no one who was able to pay out Mm -hmm. because they were all of these just weird shells, right? But the way they filmed it was kind of like this fun talked at the camera talk to the camera kind of breaking the fourth wall inviting the Ooh, viewer into the I conversation. Like that. and at the very end Meryl Streep breaks character it's really great watch all the way to th- all the way through to the end okay Maybe after you think it's over keep watching okay because she breaks character and has this beautiful speech nice that's like love a her. call to action yeah so, um but yeah the Panama Papers if you're not familiar Um, I'm forgetting the year that it broke, but it wasn't that long ago. It wasn't that long ago. Uh, 2015. Yeah, There is a documentary, too, about the Panama Papers, which I watched a while ago. Yeah. I think it's still on Netflix. Um, Yes. But
0: that
1: that documentary is great, and it gives you a little information. I highly suggest watching that first and then watching Laundromat, Mm -hmm. because then you kind of get all these... The background. There's these little parts in the movie where they kind of recreate uh film footage Mm -hmm. from the documentary that was taken this a bunch of reporters were going down to panama like right trying to interview people and find out where this one particular office was because the address was a post office and there was no one working there who was actually like it was
0: just this crazy crazy hunt to find who these people are and where they were okay yeah. It's good. <laughs> it was um Mosak Fonesca. Yes. Fonseca. Fonseca. Fonseca yeah. That's it. So you brought that up and I said, I feel like I just saw a headline about that recently mm-hmm. and something <laughs> about a judge blocking it from something or other. So what I, I pulled it back up, um, and this is from Variety, that uh Jurgen Mossack and Ramon Fonseca Mm -hmm. who were the two attorneys they actually filed a suit in federal court in Connecticut claiming that they were defamed by the film so, which is funny because they in the film they never
1: mention anything about them being guilty, yeah, or that they were even aware of crimes
0: happening. Really, mm-hmm. it's interesting um, because they are the storytellers in the movie. Okay, and they explain what shell companies oh, are. Yes, I have. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Okay, so. It's yeah, cheeky. that's interesting. It's really like It looks that cheek. way, yeah.
1: Um, but they never say anything like they're at fault or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So they were asking for an injunction to stop Netflix from distributing it, but they ruled pretty recently that they were not going to issue that and just let yeah. Netflix Because it's not, it, yeah. there's actually no grounds for defamation on it at whatsoever. Yeah. No, it doesn't. That's, no. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So, good job, Netflix. Way to beat the big guys, I guess? I don't know. It's like big guy against big guy. It's fine. It's a really nicely shot movie. Yeah. And
1: Gary Oldman's German accent isn't that terrible. (laughs) Isn't that (laughs) terrible? It's not that terrible. (laughs) He gets a little wily at parts when he's talking really fast, and it sounds almost like he's
0: Swedish, but it's pretty decent. Well, all right, then. (laughs) Pretty decent, Gary Oldman. So, that's The Laundromat. It's on Netflix streaming now. Yeah. So, this is a part of the show where we say content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Especially this one. Yeah, same. Same. Um, This is going to be a very graphic episode. Oh, yeah, it is. Is about the only way that I can describe it. So, if you aren't prepared for that, um, there's going to be a lot of graphics. Yes, (laughs) yes. So, Mm -hmm. Janelle. This is all my fault. (laughs) It is all your fault. I saw this and was like, not again, but here we go.
1: Well, it's because I had a case in mind and I was trying to figure out how to do it. So for my pick, I picked, um, I lightly captioned it as burning evidence, parentheses, Bodies, (laughs) Bodies, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Whisper body, people burning bodies, yes. Well, of oftentimes
0: the bodies are a big the piece evidence. of the evidence.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to kind of revisit it. I know we discussed burning bodies before briefly in another episode, but I want to kind yes. of revisit it and talk about a current case that is unsolved um, mm-hmm. in our area. And I'm really going to call on the listeners in the area. To assist if they have any information, this is an ongoing case. It was very difficult to research. It's still open. And um, I had really fun sending in a FOIA request, which yeah. I will explain later. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is the, I'm going to put in quotes because I'm not 100% sure, the murder of Kathleen Ryan.
0: Okay.
1: So Kathleen Ryan was a 56-year-old teacher at St. Augustine Prep in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, she was the mother of three sons and a loving wife. She taught business classes at the school and was an Oprah ambassador at her previous school. What does that mean? So she actually got sent to one of Oprah's schools in Africa to be an ambassador and like teach. Oh, that's so pretty cool. So she's pretty well known. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this was in the early 2000s when she went to do this. So Okay. Um, She has a lot of credentials, very, you know, a studious teacher. Yeah. She grew up in Fond du Lac, Wisconsin, and eventually moved to Milwaukee. Uh, She briefly lived in Minnesota and a couple other places, but for super short periods of time. On Saturday, February 2nd, Kathleen Ryan was set to travel to Carmel, Illinois, to see her sons coach a basketball game and visit with her grandchildren. This is super standard. Her sons are coaches at the school in the area. She would travel to come watch them play, and then hang out and have dinner with them afterwards. Right. Uh, She actually never made it to this game. So, at around noon on February second, Kathleen Ryan was last seen in the Bayview area near Holt and Kinnikinnick Avenue. I hate saying that very
0: Wisconsin (laughs) street name.
1: And just so you know, I'm not saying the year. This happened this year. Yeah. So I'm not saying 2019, repeatedly. Yes. Um, This was February of this year. (laughs) Okay. She was set to arrive in Illinois just before the basketball game was to start at 4.30 p.m. So afternoon, she was not seen. Okay. When Ryan's sons noticed that she had not arrived, they began to worry and called her cell phone. Uh, They then contacted other family members. She wasn't answering. It was still ringing. So they were like, okay, maybe she's just driving. By the time the game ended, the family was calling the area hospitals to locate their mother. They started growing really um, concerned. She wasn't answering. Nobody knew where she was. No one had seen her. So they were like, okay, maybe she got into a car accident. She is incapacitated. She can't answer her phone. Yeah. Um, The son spent the night driving Ryan's usual route into Illinois in an attempt to find any trace of their mother. They would go back and forth several times um, on the route that she would take. They would eventually return uh, the following morning to do the exact same thing. So they just kept driving around, calling the hospitals, trying to find her. 10 p.m. on Saturday, February 3rd, in Warren Township, Illinois, the Lake County Sheriff's Office received a report of a possible car fire. Okay. A car was found on fire in the... I'm pretty sure that's one too many zeros. The 36 uh 100 block of North Route 41 in Illinois. Okay. This car would be Kathleen Ryan's 2007 Pontiac G G6 GT Coupe. Ugh, that's a mouthful. I had a G5, so I'm very familiar with this. Um,
0: it's a kind of a really popular common car. Yeah. So, so, not surprised. when her sons started looking for her, did they call police at that point, do you know? Not right away. Okay. Um, because she's
1: over the age of whatever, she's yeah. You know, not a teenager, and it hadn't been 24 hours. Yeah. So, they couldn't even file a missing persons report yet. Gotcha. Okay. So that's how they kind of went back and forth yeah. driving around, Yeah. Um, unfortunately. Um, there was another report that I found that described the car as being found near I-41 and Stern School Road, which would be 10 miles northeast of Carmel Catholic High School. Mm-hmm. But um, most of the reports didn't state that it was that close to the school. They, okay. they were saying it was further back. Um, yeah. So there's a little bit of conflicting information in some of the news reports. The vehicle was still ablaze, and Ryan was found in the passenger seat, uh, badly charged. She was not even identifiable. Uh, they would, they couldn't even determine what gender oh my gosh. the body was. Oh, my gosh. Um, dental records were needed to confirm her identity, and the family was notified Sunday the following day, on the 4th of February, after the vehicle had kind of been identified and they were able to get the body out. They wanted yeah. to kind of make sure that it was for sure the owner of the vehicle before they contacted the family. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Which I guess is good, because you don't want to, like... Alarm people right away. Yeah.
1: Um, Lake County Sheriff's Office found no evidence that she had stopped anywhere in Lake County. They also had no suspects, no motive for her death, and the coroner has not really actually been able to determine how she died. Oh, no. This is a quote from... A sergeant. There is nothing that has brought us to any conclusion that somebody did this to Kathleen. Uh, this is a Lake County Sheriff Office spokesperson, Sergeant Christopher Cavelli. We don't have any evidence somebody caused this to happen to Kathleen. Is the original statement that they stated? Okay. Now I haven't heard anything about this case <laughs> since it's she was discovered. Okay. So this statement is the only thing that's really come out of the sheriff's office about what happened there's a lot of issues i have with this statement she was found in the passenger seat of her own vehicle yeah and the car was on fire and they don't
0: find that suspicious and they don't
1: find that suspicious (laughs) yeah so uh investigators are still looking into the case they obtained traffic camera footage to try and locate ryan's car along her route they took a a toxicology report and all of her electronic devices debit cards, credit cards, everything was combed through. Okay. They didn't find anything super suspicious, so all that evidence is kind of irrelevant. Um, The odd point in this case (laughs) is where the location of Ryan's car was. Ryan was found off of Route 41 in Illinois, which is not the usual route she takes. Okay. She never drives this way. Her sons were very adamant that their mother always took the same exact route to get from her home to Carmel High School Every single time, okay, so this would be something that was completely yeah off the route she would normally take weird, not only that, but the car was found pulled into someone's driveway off of the road, and it's one of those long, long winding driveways mm-hmm. and it was pulled up into the driveway. The owners of the home didn't make any statements they've haven't i mean the police have determined they have no relation to the case, yeah but She was on an unknown route. She pulled into somebody's driveway. I mean, all of these things to me are saying that something suspicious happened.
0: That is very strange.
1: I mean, if you believe in spontaneous combustion, maybe. Okay. But she still pulled into
0: a driveway. (laughs) And then moved into the passenger seat. And then moved into the passenger seat.
1: Yeah. The other problem I had with this was she wasn't seen from noon until they found her car at 10 p.m. the next day, mm-hmm. so it's it's like all of these this timeline just doesn't jive. There's something strange. She didn't call anybody. She wasn't yeah. on her usual route, and it just it all seemed very precarious. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, What we do know is the fire did not appear to be started by a traffic accident and there is no evidence that the vehicle had been crashed or tampered with. Okay. So that was the other thought was maybe she got into a car accident, you
0: know, off a a dirt road or whatever
1: and perished.
0: Okay. But Had the car was fine. They have so were they able to like determine
1: the cause of the fire? Have they nothing in any of the writings has stated what actually caused the fire, if it was interior or exterior. Okay. Um the other kind of illusion that was made in my readings that I and is this is all off of news articles yeah. and interviews from The Sons. Um, And then I went a little bit deeper, which I'll explain in a moment. Oh, boy.
0: Um, I went deeper. I'm predicting (laughs) rabbit holes. Oh,
1: gosh. Yes. (laughs) Um, The other allusion that was made was perhaps she had committed suicide. Mm,
0: But she... I mean, (laughs) there's still... The one thing to me about suicide is there tends to be this thinking that somebody who is going to commit suicide isn't Making plans for the future, and you know, mm-hmm. like a lot of those kind of hallmark things that you would see, and she was literally like on her way to exactly.
1: I don't think that theory holds any weight at all. Yeah, that sounds. If a little... you're going to commit suicide, why would you slide over into the passenger seat? Why would you do it in your car? Also, that
0: the passenger seat thing is weird. Like that still keeps.
1: That's the one thing that gets me. Like, yeah, no, yeah. You just sit in the driver's seat, right? The other thing was, like, then if she committed suicide by setting her car on fire? Yeah, it seems a little... That seems very extreme. Yes. And down a road you've never been before on somebody's driveway? I I just don't buy it.
0: No. I just don't, I don't that's, either.
1: That's all true. So, to this day, there has not been any leads, at least publicly given, on this case. The last article I had seen was in April of 2019 this year, um, so I got... Really intrigued, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Why isn't anyone talking about this case?" I decided to comb through Web sleuths. I
0: oh boy, <laughs> I <went> like <laughs> I love Web sleuths, but man, you can go down some some roads, all the holes. Yes, um,
1: I went on Facebook, okay, and a little light investigative work. Okay, and I even submitted a FOIA request. So Facebook and WebSleuths really didn't provide me with any answers, just more questions. Right. Um, people, there was a, a specific post on Websleuth that kept getting bumped, but literally no one was leaving any information. Mm-hmm. They were just like, "Why isn't anyone talking about this?" Bump. And then a bunch of people were like, "Bump this article, bump this article, bump this article." Like, no one's talking about it.
0: Does that just like that moves it to the top, right? It moves like it to the top. keeps it on the top.
1: Yeah. yeah. Lots of people going, you know, prayers for the family. Let's find out what happened to her. Yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. No one has any information. Nobody's supplying any additional theories. Uh, Facebook is a lot of in memorial stuff. Yeah. But again, nobody's like questioning the police department, like what's going on with this. Hello? Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I did.
0: <laughs> way to be girl. I got way to be the one asking real. the questions. <laughs>
1: I got a real investigative reporter up in this bitch. Do it. And um, I attempted to get some answers via an old fashioned FOIA request. Okay. Um, if you're not familiar with FOIA, it stands for the Freedom of Information Act, and it allows citizens to obtain public records if they are not part of an active investigation mm-hmm. or if they're not a matter of national security. Um there are exactly nine exemptions for FOIA requests and you can find those on their website. Yeah. Um it's they're very long paragraphs of I'm sure. what can be rejected. I'm sure. Um, this act was created to hold agencies more accountable for releasing information to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some important points when you're requesting a FOIA. So I just wanted to go through this process with people so that they can feel empowered enough to do it themselves. Yeah, because literally, hard.
0: <laughs> literally anybody, any one Anyone. of us can file a FOIA request. There's no age limit. No. There's nothing. You no. can do it. Yeah. And I encourage you to do so if there's... You know, mm-hmm. a lot. A lot of very interesting things have resulted as requests of FOIA. Exactly. So. If you
1: have listened to the Ballad of Billy Balls yes. that podcast. Oh they my go gosh. into a FOIA request a little bit. Yeah. Theirs was a little bit dramatized. Yes. Um. They oh, wanted still such a good podcast. Specific information that mm-hmm. can only be released to the family. This FOIA request that I put in was a public. Like service request, Mm -hmm. asking if there was any more information that was going to be released to the public. Gotcha. So mine was a little bit different. I was looking for death records. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So there are a couple important points for you to remember. You must check to see if what you are looking for isn't already public record, because they will just flat out be like you're denied, and you know won't explain too much further. Yeah. Um, And you also need to check to see if. What you're asking falls into those nine exempt categories. Okay. Second, you need to file it with the proper agency. Let me repeat that. You need to file it with the proper.
0: This is the government in its
1: true form. <laughs> there are so many forms you have to fill out. Um, because this case is handled by two different police departments in two different states, there is a little complication that gets a little tricky. Um, she was from Milwaukee, but she was found in Lake County. Okay. So Milwaukee's handling the missing persons report. Lake County is handling the death. Okay. I wanted to know more about the death, so I filed with Lake County. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about fucking jurisdictions, because yeah. I don't. But I can tell you that it's very complicated. It's a very fucked up system. It's... very much reliant on egos influence who's gonna make a fuss i mean if it's a state versus the fbi if it's a county versus a state if it's a county versus a city yeah it's like a whole fucking thing so i wanted to know what was happening with her death the crime that was committed i contacted lake county sheriff's department i went on their website to learn more and that's where I obtained the info and sent it via an electronic form to the email listed. Not all departments are like this. They're not going to be this easy at most places. Lake County is a
0: huge county. Yes. Yeah. They have a little bit more cities. updated <laughs> systems yes. for these kinds of things. A lot of
1: places actually make you fill out a paper form and yes. send it in. Okay? Yeah. It's not always going to be this easy peasy. Yeah. In fact, you're going to have a lot of difficulties, I guarantee you. <laughs> I was so fucking surprised when I did this. I was like, oh.
0: I'm kind of surprised, too, It was honestly. on time. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised. They
1: gave me all of this information that was very helpful to me, like, to understand. Way I to be, Lake County. I contacted them to ask a question before I filled it out, mm-hmm. and they helped me. And nice. I was super fucking surprised. Good job, Lake County. <laughs> like, you know, most sheriff's departments I've experienced are full of assholes. <laughs> But the woman who handles the FOIA requests was a wonderful person. There you go. You should make a Yelp review. Yeah, right. Yelp review, Lake County (laughs) FOIA department. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. The other important thing that I'm going to say to you is you should not be paying for a request. Okay. If somebody tells you you need to pay for it. Raise a red flag right there, okay? The only time you should pay for it is if you want printed copies of the request. Okay. They should be able to give you a digital PDF copy without having to pay for it. Okay. The only time that you should pay is if you want it a printed physical sheet. Good to know. Also, there's going to be a lot of redaction. Redactions are my favorite. They're going to redact the shit out of almost everything, Okay. (laughs) Like especially, it's like mad libs. It is, especially if it's like an open case. They can still send information out, but they can't send out everything. So right. they'll be redacted Obviously. information. Yeah,
0: out.
1: yeah. <clears throat> now, all this build up to tell you that my FOIA request was denied. Ah,
0: wah, wah, wah. <laughs> um
1: I sent it on August 16th and it was returned to me by the twenty third of August. That's, so they were wow. fucking on their shit. Yeah. It's so very quick. Yeah. Yeah. So most requests will take weeks to be determined, and if the case is super complicated, it might take longer. Which then they will notify you that it's going to take a little bit longer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the sheriff was kind enough to give me a brief explanation to the denial, but didn't, you know, go into great, super great detail. But don't yeah. expect this to happen yeah. if you request a FOIA. They can't just say no. Yeah. Um, they could just be like no and then give you the reason number why no and then you gotta look it up and you gotta figure it, up it out yep. but this department was great they gave me lots of information she wrote me a separate letter in addition to the denial form yeah so they were very very helpful
0: yeah Again, good job, Lake County. (laughs) Yeah, they
1: were super great. This is the email that they had sent me. Um, Hi, Janelle. Attached, please find a response to your FOIA request. Unfortunately, no records can be released at this time. This is a large and complex, multifaceted investigation. I'm sorry we can't assist you at this time, but please feel free to follow up with us if you like. Please review the attached denial. Okay. That's that pretty was nice. super helpful. Yep. I like that they said it was a large, complex, multifaceted investigation, which is code for we're working with another department. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I put the PDF scanned version of the denial sheet in here so that nice. you can follow along with me. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I actually I read through this earlier because I knew you were I knew you were doing this. You told me like a month <laughs> or two ago that you were doing this. I was like, hey, yeah. File the and so when I saw you had <laughs> posted, I was like, ooh, this is the case that you filed the FOIA request for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did read through this and I was like, okay. Yeah.
1: So it's not super terrible. Yeah. Um, <clears throat>
0: Dear Janelle O'Malley, we received your Freedom
1: of Information Act request on 8-16-2019 for the following public records, R.E. Kathleen Ryan Murder, Report 2019-101188, Death Investigation. Records are denied in full for the following reasons. Pursuant to 5 ILCS 1407 blah 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 West 2016, yada yada yada, obstruction of ongoing criminal investigation. This incident is still under active investigation by our criminal investigation division. Disclosure at this time could reasonably be expected to interfere with the investigation and compromise the integrity of the case. You may check back with us later at a later date regarding status of the investigation. In addition, should this investigation lead to an arrest with prosecution, the records would not be released until final case disposition. But please feel free to check back with us. You have a right to have the denial of your request reviewed by the public access counselor at the Office of the Illinois Attorney General. You can file your request for review with the PAC by writing to them... It gives the information. Yeah, yeah. Um, You also have the right to seek judicial review of your denial by filing a lawsuit in the state circuit court.
0: Do you feel like filing a lawsuit, Janelle? I don't. Oh, I good. Think
1: I'm okay. <laughs> if you choose to file a request for review with the PAC, you must do so within blah, 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 yeah, yeah, calendar yeah. years, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, and then it's like, nice. thank you. <laughs> So that's how a request is done. Yeah. I encourage you to at least look at them and see if you ever want to file one. Um, and you can do one for cases that are super duper old, not current. Yeah. Um, you can file it for anything. It doesn't even have to do with murder. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> murder at all. A burpee murder. Oh, wow. Um, this uh, corduroy jumper I have on it is <laughs> gently burping me. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't have to be like a murder investigation. <laughs>
0: Oh, goodness. Sorry.
1: It could be for anything. Um, School records, any sort of government agency. Yeah. Any records for any case you can get access to. Um, It's super helpful for people, obviously, who have podcasts, who are in different states or something, um, to obtain records to kind of get a better understanding of the case that they're going over. but. I just wanted to see if I could find more, since no one has been talking about this case. Yeah. So to me, and in, in the response to this, what they said made me feel better mm-hmm. that they're still actively looking, and that they would call. What did they call it? A uh, an interference, obstruction yeah. of a criminal in a, investigation. I'm just, I'm just obstructing. Yes. Um, so. That, to me, made it sound like they were actually doing their work and doing due diligence to kind of follow up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, this is still very active and open. And like I said before, there's no additional info that I have seen in the news. Um, I urge you, if you live in the area and remember seeing Kathleen Ryan or her Pontiac, um, please contact the appropriate department. I'm just going to reiterate her um, appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and if you follow any of the links you will see lots of pictures of her, so you can kind of go back and be like, Did I have I seen this woman before? Mm-hmm. Um Kathleen Ryan was fifty six years old, of medium build with brown eyes and shoulder length brown hair. She was last seen in the Bayview area near Holt and Avenue. Again, her car was found off of I forty one in Illinois. Uh anyone with information about Ryan's disappearance or the discovery of her this is straight from an article. It says, Or the discovery of her burning car. <laughs> Oh. Is asked to call the Milwaukee Police Department, but I also encourage you to call the Lake County. Yes. Um, you can reach the Milwaukee Police Department at 414 933 4444. Anonymous tips can also be sent to Milwaukee officials online at milwaukee.gov. Um, I encourage you to also, if you saw her anywhere in the Illinois area, to contact the Lake County Sheriff's Office, and that can be uh, sent to you 847. 847- 377 4224 or submit an online tip at lakecountyil.gov. Are you ready to be super sad?
0: I don't know. Are you ready to be super sad?
1: i am i kind of <laughs> for the last one i put on my superman cape and i was trying to
0: save the world there for a minute so yeah yeah this is um gonna <laughs> be very heavy again i am going to and i don't do this very often but i'm going Uh-oh. to give a second warning here because Sticky, am i gotta throw up all over this you might <laughs> stop for real Ew. Yeah, you okay. might. For ones, I'm not the horrible one. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. And actually, I was kind of surprised because we did both choose more recent cases. The trial mm-hmm. for this one was more recent. Um, but I'm going to talk about the death of Imani Moss. The in, This incredibly sad story takes place in Gwinnett County, Georgia in 2013, where Police are responding to a suicide call from 30 year old Iman Moss, who expressed a desire to kill himself. However, when they arrived, it was not at all what they had expected. Um, They got to the location to discover the burned body of 10 year old Imani Moss in a garbage can. And it seemed that her parents, Iman and Tiffany, were responsible. I would also draw that conclusion. Yes. There are records that show this history of abusive parenting since Imani had been born, basically. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to the Atlanta Atlanta Journal-Constitution, and specifically the reporting of Marcus K. Garner and Bill Rankin, they... First of all, I'm a huge fan of the AJC. Mm-hmm. They, even though I'm not I don't live in Atlanta, they do amazing Atlanta. Yeah, right. Ew, um I hate
1: myself for saying that.
0: <laughs> they seriously though, they do amazing reporting and coverage of these cases and a lot of other things. And if you've never listened to the breakdown podcast, you should, because that is I have not. That is actually uh hosted by Bill Rankin. I hate to say this, but I haven't listened to really any podcasts lately
1: because graduate school (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that hard life
0: if you hear a depression in my voice it's just just her her master's degree my master's degree (laughs) Um, so big shout out to them like 90% of my research came from various articles that the AJC did um, about this case it's You keep saying H A C, right?
1: AJc, A-J-C. Okay, A-J-C. I'm, All I'm hearing is
0: head bitch in charge. Oh, H B I C, H B I C.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's it's messing with me every time I say it. Like what? their head bitches in no, charge. A J C. Yeah, that's the
0: Atlanta Journal Constitution. Oh God. Um, I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> So they were able to find records of Tiffany and Iman Moss. They had like previous run-ins with Georgia's family services. And in 2004, quote, Iman Moss was charged with battery and second degree child cruelty for allegedly attacking Imani's biological mother in front of a then one-year-old, end quote. And in 2010, when Tiffany received five years probation for child cruelty, Amani had been afraid to return home from school with a bad report card, and fearing the worst, the school officials decided to inform the authorities. Thank God. Can I ask um, you a question? Yes. What's, what's the difference between
1: that and abuse, or is that just
0: another term for it? Or is child it a cruelty? Charge? Yeah. Um, it. I believe it's the same thing, just a different okay. name. They in Georgia, or yeah, in a, in Georgia specifically, they. So you know up here we have, like, neglect and abuse? Yeah. But I don't know if cruelty is one of the charges. No. they. So th- Georgia has, like, a lot of different naming conventions. Mm-hmm. Like, they have felony murder, which right. is the equivalent of... F- for uh, second-degree murder, I believe. So, like, it's just, like, a difference in naming. Okay, they have a lot sure of different... I was if they had, like, a broader scope of child no. abuse charges, which <laughs> Is that I troubling? wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it may be different, but I I feel like it's not, because it's still mm-hmm. a degree of child abuse. Yeah, um, I might have to look into that. Sorry. No, so you're fine. That sounds strange to me. <laughs> yeah, they have different charging terms down there. Um, so... In 2010, Tiffany received five years probation for child cruelty. Amani had been afraid to return home. Officials called. Um, school officials called the authorities, and then quote, "Police found welts, scabs, and bruises on the girl's chest, arms, back, and legs from being beaten with what was described as a broken belt," according to police. End quote following this dcfs basically dropped the case against both parents after they completed all of the like parenting classes and all of these requirements that um dfcs had asked for them to complete Mm -hmm. which i don't know if they do that up here
1: not that it's really gonna be that much of a difference but i'm hearing a lot of things that echo that aj friend case right so i'm kind of like thinking of this from that perspective. Yes. A lot of times people who abuse their children will be cited
0: Mm -hmm. a dozen times at DCFS before anyone does anything, which is absolutely abhorrent. (laughs) Right. Um, It's pretty troubling to me. And one of the things I always think about, too, because, of course, people get really outraged with like the um agents or the officers that were working the dcfs case or you know and it's like they're just working within the system that is there too so like if you guys want anything to change like get outraged at your lawmakers and but also let me get out my
1: soapbox for a minute okay i work with children Mm mm-hmm and there are plenty of opportunities in a children, a child's day yeah. for someone to see something and fucking say something. Right. I right. have reported families to DCFS before. Yeah. I have. Yeah. I have seen things um, in classrooms of students saying things to me like they're hungry. Yeah. I haven't eaten in days. Yeah. So I know a lot of times people don't want to believe what children say. Yeah. But they do tell the truth. If they're being hurt. They will give you clues. They will give Mm -hmm. you indicators. There's behaviors that will be exhibited. If you see those behaviors, if you see a child who constantly has bruising on them or something, say something. Yeah. An anonymous tip, just mention you think there's something going on. You don't have to go into detail. You don't have to give your name. But if there's nothing going on, the DCFS will go over there. They will examine. It will be fine. Right, right. Yeah. But... I would rather have a report that's unfounded mm-hmm. than never have a report and yeah. some child winds up dead and shallowly buried in the fucking woods. Right, exactly. So it's the onus is on everyone. Yes. If you have contact with children in your life...
0: Be observant. That's all I'm saying. Just yes. be fucking observant. Yes. <laughs> Good use of your soapbox. Yes. You. <laughs> um, so the next documented incident would occur in 2012 when Amani ran away from home and reported the abuse. Authorities, however, weren't unable to find any proof of what Amani was saying at the time, and so nothing happened with that incident either. However, three weeks later, Amani ran away from home again, um, but at this time, she was charged with being a runaway juvenile and violating curfew, but this, from what I could tell, was an attempt to actually get her back into court. Mm to have some of these things looked at in question like kind of get her feed her back into that system to maybe get picked up by it at some point mm-hmm. i think was the idea this time however when police showed up at their house, house um both amman and tiffany were looking at felony murder which is uh, first degree murder okay. first degree child cruelty and concealing a death when police first arrived at the scene, they were initially told by Iman Moss that Imani had, quote, ingested something that may have poisoned her, although he did almost immediately admit to placing her body into a garbage can and trying to burn it after he panicked. Following the autopsy, it was discovered that Imani was extremely emaciated and she only weighed 32 pounds, so her actual cause of death was starvation. Which is just, she had been starved for the 10 preceding days um, before her death. And this child was a a female, right? Yes.
1: This is going to sound gross, but females actually take longer to die from starvation. Really? Because we have a higher uh, body fat percentage. Oh. Oh. Yes. So I learned that they did an investigation on the Donner party and why almost all the women survived. Uh, <laughs> um, okay. So we have higher uh mass of body fat so we're able to survive starvation more. Okay. Um, so to say that that was 10 days like yeah for
0: just for a little a girl. child. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like that is just mm. Yes. Too much. Full of terrible facts. Yes. I mean, (laughs) relevant at least. Just so you know, in case you ever get into a plane crash in the Swiss Alps, you'll be good for a while. I feel (laughs) like this is a safe space for those kind of facts. Those are not dinner party, (laughs) whip them out like, oh, did you guys know? At my family's dinner parties, usually yes. We like to gross each other out with the worst information possible, but... Um, We're not normal. (laughs) (laughs) So in 2015, Iman Moss pleaded guilty to two counts of felony murder, two counts of first degree child cruelty, and one felony count of concealing a death. All of this was accepted in a plea deal in order to avoid the death penalty. And so he received life in prison. Prosecutors believed that while Iman knew that Imani was sick and Like kind of in his own way, which we'll get into later, made an attempt um, to help her, that ultimately he wasn't the main offender in this case. The other thing is that Amon also agreed to testify against his wife, Tiffany. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Which is part of the reason why he cooperated with them at her trial in 2019. Uh, So... When it came time for her trial, Tiffany Moss opted to represent herself during the trial. This is where things get always a little, well. yeah, a little strange. And this is partially why I found this case so interesting. I always, anytime somebody decides to represent themselves, it typically it never ends well. is a train Unless wreck. Unless it's like... The
1: 1800s, and yeah. we still had really weird judicial court proceedings back then.
0: Yeah, and if you weren't a woman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't be a woman ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. so oh my God. <laughs> truth. Don't be a woman. <laughs> so, according again, according to the AJC quote, Moss. Has said she is leaving her fate in God's hands rather than the two oh, experienced honey. public defenders who were initially assigned to represent her. End quote. Um, but what if God put those men in front of you to be helped? God helps those who help
1: themselves. But what if God was one of us? Oh, gosh. <laughs> no? um, A stranger on the bus? No? Okay.
0: <laughs> uh. <laughs> So it was (laughs) very obvious in the pre-trial hearings that her representing herself was something that was definitely working against her. (laughs) Really? Um, Yeah. Huh. She She sounded like she was a sound mind. She seemed to be avoiding her own active defense, um, which honestly had a lot of people (laughs) wondering if she would even put on a defense during the trial, basically, um, and whether she would, like, Participate in other aspects of the trial. During some closed door hearings, it was, however, determined that she was completely competent and could indeed represent herself. So the trial moved forward with jury selection, a process that Tiffany did, um, in fact, decide to participate in. While the questions were few, she did ask. Uh, she did ask some of potential jurors who were pretty obviously uncomfortable with being questioned by somebody who is also the defendant in the case Mm -hmm. you'd hear things like this quote (laughs) so if in this case and this is an if you were picked for the jury and you find the defendant me guilty of starving a child my own child and burning her body would you be able to consider life with parole and as an option or would death be the necessary action taken end quote this is one of the questions she asked of a, of a potential juror. Huh. Yes. Which I honestly, like, if I was in that position, I would also feel uncomfortable. Like, well, yeah. She's like somebody being like, like would, so you would you kill me? Kill me. Yeah, basically. So no. Would you even kill me? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um, after going through many potential jurors, a jury was finally seated and the trial got underway in April of 2019. However, it was clear from the beginning that Tiffany wouldn't be helping herself during her trial. She declined to give an opening statement. She refused to ask questions of the witnesses (laughs) um, the prosecution called. And it came out in the first day of testimony that in... Um, 2013, Aman and Tiffany had decided to homeschool Amani with Tiffany doing the homeschooling because she was a teacher at one point. But because of the child, <laughs> the child um, abuse charges, she was no longer allowed to teach, and so mm-hmm. they decided to homeschool Amani. Um, so <laughs> Tiffany did the homeschooling, and Aman worked two jobs to support the family because they had two other children again according to the AJC's coverage of the trial quote after that Amani pretty much disappeared from view one day in October 2013 Aman arrived home and found Amani in the bathtub she was unresponsive and her eyes rolling from side to side but instead of calling for help Moss put his daughter back into bed unquote it would be another two days before Aman discovered that his daughter was dead in her bed Some people shouldn't have children or exist. Oh, just wait—you're going to give me more. Man. Oh, I don't want to no know more. Sorry, <laughs> I remember This is your fault. Remember. I
1: know.
0: <laughs> um, the prosecution presented a total of ten witnesses on that first day of trial, all of which Tiffany just declined to cross-examine. Mm-hmm. And then on day two, Amon took the stand to give his testimony, describing in horrific detail the events that took place. Now. I want to play you a portion of Amon's testimony, um, describing in his words what happened that night. But again, fair warning, it's a bit graphic. This is from the coverage by 11 Alive, which live-streamed the entire trial. And so we'll have links to this testimony in the research notes, but the entire trial is available online, if you guys are... I'm a trial watcher, personally, but like... Sometimes. Not, not everybody is. Maybe not in this yeah. case, but sometimes. Mm. Um, okay, so in the lead up to this clip, Iman is being questioned by Gwinnett District Attorney Danny Porter, and he describes seeing Amani sick in the days leading up to the incident and how she was placed in a bed a few days before, <coughs> but didn't move from that spot. He also talked about how she wasn't speaking and how he attempted to feed her Enfamil uh, like baby formula mm-hmm. to try and get her weight up but it seemed like the damage had already been done, essentially, and that he still... I'd say so. <laughs> yeah, he kind of was just like, I'm not God, I can't work miracles. Like, you know, the damage was already done, but he still had decided not to call 911. So here is that clip.
3: Did she say anything about losing your other children? Yes. <laughs> I want to go now... So from the twenty the fourth, you put her, you put Amani in bed.
2: Yeah.
3: On the twenty eighth of October of two thousand and thirteen, did Tiffany notify you somehow that Amani had died?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, she called me at work. That
3: was, was that. Was that the? Do you remember? Was it the twenty eighth or the twenty ninth?
2: Uh. That day, trying to uh, judge a week. Think about or it first. in terms of, okay,
3: was it fine. one or two, was it two or three days before Halloween?
2: Might have been a day before Halloween, or if not Halloween, I'm trying to think, before Halloween. And how did how did you get the notification that Amani had died? It was on a Tuesday, I don't know, much, when, um, it was uh, through a phone call. Right, where
3: were you when you got the phone call? I was at work you. And did you actually speak to Tiffany, or did you just get a text?
2: Um, I think I talked to her on the phone. And what did she tell you? Uh, she said uh, she's gone. She didn't say it to me. She said she's gone. So when I came home... Wait, wait oh, When you okay, came okay. home, did okay. you leave work? I did not leave work. Exactly. Okay. I couldn't leave work. I left work. After I got home, I tried to leave early, but she didn't let me get a half day. So I actually left work on regular time.
3: At 3 o'clock or 3.30 in the afternoon? Yes, sir. And what did you do when you got home?
2: Um, at this point, I'm devastated. I'm really messed up, uh, honestly. I go in the room, and from that time, you know, I usually take a nap. I was in the room with... um. With a money body, it took about time to go back and go to work to Avery. All right. Let me ask you, did you do anything
3: to confirm that she had died? She was dead. How could you
2: tell? Um, I've been in a lot of funerals, and I, I can tell, you know. She was cold. Her ass went there. Her eyes, she was gone. Where was Tiffany when you
3: came in the house?
2: When I walked in, um the other two kids I mean Tristan was running around playing, he came in, um I'm really messed up at the time. He said, Daddy, daddy, I walked past him and we were in the pack and play and she was watching TV. Did
3: you have any conversation with her when you when you walked by her watching TV?
2: No, not at that moment. <coughs> And after you went into the room and saw that Amani was dead, did you go out and talk to Tiffany? Yes, yeah, that was uh, that was after. You after I came from in there? Yeah. yeah. Well, what, did you, what did y'all talk about? Talking about concealing her death, um, making it like since she had a history of running away, make it seem like she ran away.
3: But Imani, let me let me okay. ask you. When you discovered
2: your daughter
3: dead, what did you want to do? 911. What did Tiffany want to do? She wanted to hide it. Um, There's a question that has to be asked. Why did you agree to
2: that? (sighs) I was trying to... uh, don't make any sense. I guess I love I was trying to fix the problem but I can't fix. I was trying to save her but I couldn't save her. I couldn't save my daughter. I can't explain
3: it. Were you afraid of losing your other kid?
2: That too.
0: He seems emotional, especially when he's talking about his daughter's death, but there's some other weird unusual things that I feel like when you're watching it, it's like, "Mm." but he is very nervous, like noticeably nervous, nervous, but I didn't get emotion from no, no, no. And
1: I understand that people grieve all in their right, ways. Right, right. But even the inflection of his voice was completely monotone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, at this point, he had already been um, convicted mm-hmm. and took his plea. So he's there in prison greens um, giving his testimony. Uh, so I want to jump ahead a little bit in his testimony to where Emin and Tiffany decide to actually dispose of Amani's body.
3: And... Was Tiffany still awake then? Yes, yeah, she was awake then. Um. So when you went into the house,
2: mm-hmm. What did you do? Um, on that day, I was trying to, um, uh, trying to get rid of the body. Um, I go to the computer room. She come in. Uh, she come in to help me. Then, um, I get the body, take it back into her room. Into uh, room? Imani's um, bedroom. Take the body to Imani's bedroom. I uh, am wrapped the blanket that she's wrapped in. Take her body out. Hang on a second, Imani. Okay. You forgot one step. Okay. Um, did you ever put duct tape on? Uh, I was about to get to that. <laughs> From that day, I was you know laying it out for my wrapping. So you put a,
3: you put a blanket
2: over her. Yeah. What did so she's already in the blanket, so I'll take her to the room and you know, wrap her out the blanket. And, um, you know, I'm, at that time, like I said, I'm not familiar with brick and mortis, but it done set in, and it was hard to bend the body, and that's where the duct tape came in, involved in. And um, at that time, uh, Tiffany's in there in the bedroom with me, uh, helping me do this. So... When
3: you don't have to be familiar with rigor mortis. Okay. Did
2: you
3: have to? Did you have to force her legs to fold? Yes, sir. And did you and Tiffany do that together? Yes, sir. Um, Did you have to sort of force her arms down by her side? Yes, sir. Um, And did you and Tiffany do that together? Yes, sir. Um, It seems like it would be difficult for one person to wrap duct tape around the little girl's body. How did that happen? Um, that is
2: very difficult.
3: Did Tiffany help you with that? Yes, she did. Um, Amon, you, your daughter's been dead for three days now. Um, how difficult was it to get her folded up like that?
2: Very, very much difficult. Were there sounds? Uh kind of like I guess like cracking sound I can't explain I don't know what to compare it to what I'm saying and
3: after you got her duct taped together what happened then
2: after that she helps me you know cause um she, she's a lot more heavy than she was before <laughs> to put you know put her in the uh, lawn bag um, where was the trash can at that point? trash can was in the um, vehicle, the uh, trail bag.
3: And did, w- once you got money into the trash bag,
2: what did you do then? Um, from that moment, uh, um, we, you know, I tied up the bag, the trash bag that that she was in. and Then I took another bag, and she took, I think Tiffany took the blankets and stuff that she had and put them all in the other stuff. So.
3: Now the blankets came from
2: where? The comforter, her uh, comforter bed, her um, uh, blanket that she was wrapped into. Um, but whose bed was it? Uh, that was Imani. Was that bed um,
3: soiled? Was it? I mean, was there was there was there uh, where she had in the bathroom in the bed? Yes. What did you do with the
2: mattress? Um, I uh, know uh, Timmy said she had cleaned the mattress. Right. So you packed
3: one garbage bag with blankets and, and mm-hmm. were there clothes in it? Yes. And so you have two of these trash bags, one of them with your daughter. And what do you do
2: then? Uh, from that then, um, I take the trash bag and then the body and I, and i put her in the back of uh,
1: the trailblazer i mean how do you what in your right mind makes you think that you're just going to take this child's body in a trash can and set it on fire and be totally like no one's going to find her or figure out that she's missing or anything
0: well and sh- and tiffany just wanted to like bury her in a shallow grave whereas mom was like no, I want to cremate. Like, he felt like cremating her would
1: be a better thing. Okay, first of all, you need, like, an actual crematorium to get to that temperature, you dummy. Right. And then secondly, like, people are going to notice your fucking child's not in your house anymore or with you. Yeah. Hello? Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Yeah, um, so from there, Aman and Tiffany drove Amani's body to a secluded area where they tried to cremate the body unsuccessfully. Um, it was kind of like this moment where he realized this fire is not going to be hot enough to burn her body, to cremate her body completely, mm-hmm. um, as you would assume. And that's when he decided to put it out and they put the trash can back into the back of his car. Oh, wow. My- God, Yes. This the um, equivalent of leaving a diary. Where it <laughs> then, I know, but it then sat in his car. Stop. When he went to work. Oh. And it wouldn't be until the next day after work that Aman finally called 911.
1: He could have just called one from the jump.
0: Yeah, he had uh, plenty of... <sighs> Going to jail for negligence would be
1: far less than going to jail for negligence and, and all of the other things on top of it. Murder. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because if
1: she died from starvation, they wouldn't be in trouble, but it wouldn't be as bad as if you tried to hide a body and right. set it on
0: fire right. and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so there were some more witnesses after Iman testified, but the prosecution wrapped up their case shortly afterward. Um still Tiffany hadn't cross examined any of the witnesses and she declined she was like, to cool. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. She basically just let the state put on their own case. Um, and then didn't provide any witnesses of her own. She didn't provide any opening or closing statements. The jury, it took them only three hours to deliberate, and they found Tiffany Moss guilty on all charges. But there was a disagreement as to whether she should receive the death penalty or not. Um, The jurors did go back, and they deliberated for another two and a half hours before returning a death penalty verdict. It was actually Georgia's first death penalty in five years. Brad Gardner, who is one of the state capital defenders that was originally assigned to Tiffany to her case, he has said that he'll be taking care of Tiffany's appeals process, something that she has so far signaled that she is fine with participating in. Um, and a motion for a new trial was filed literally hours after the verdict in April 2019. So the appeals process in this case is still going to be ongoing. I honestly don't foresee a whole lot of participation from her. I mean, if 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 history is any indication, like, I don't know why she would start participating in the appeals process. This is mm-hmm. all obviously speculation, but, like, I'm just not sure how far they're really going to get if they don't have, like, full cooperation, even yeah. though she's just like, yeah, you can file my, my appeals. That's fine if you want to. You know, so... Yeah. We'll have to see, but I totally anticipate her probably still receiving the death penalty. If anything, yeah. it would be a change from death to life without parole. But we'll have to see. Would yep. you say that she's she is the main driving force of the death of the child? Yes, yeah. Because mm-hmm. after watching a lot of the court testimony, she mm-hmm. he, like he definitely describes her as saying, "You know, I." I wanted to take her to the hospital but Tiffany was worried about losing the other kids and because she was on probation like that was the other thing is like she they had both already gotten in trouble with um, DCFS and even when he came home after they had tried to burn Imani's body and he came home he told her that he was going to call 911 Mm -hmm. the first thing that she did was take her remaining two children to her mom's house and say don't let them take my kids. Just don't let, like, Amani's dead. Don't let them take my kids. So, like, I think that was a driving force for her, at least, to Mm -hmm. really encourage him, because he definitely made indications that he, like, tried to do CPR at one point. Yeah, and I mean, it's hard to say, too, because, like, you... you my first instinct is they're just going to blame each other. Right. Right. So <laughs> to really know. Yeah. But she, it's not even like, it didn't even seem to me like in interviews with police and stuff, like she wasn't blaming him necessarily because she just didn't say anything. It was kind of just like, well, it happened. Like, let the cards fall where they may. Mm-hmm. Um, almost as if she was just like, she knew it was coming mm-hmm. and she was just letting it happen. Yeah.
1: And I don't recall. Did any of her other children have. Were
0: they malnourished? Were they
1: physically not from, abused? Not from what I could physically?
0: tell. Um, it's, But I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case either. I don't know specifically. I mean, but I have encountered,
1: um, you know, where there is one child singled out. Yeah. And receives all the abuse, and none of the other children do. So right. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. But right. the way you were describing how she was so concerned with losing those two kids mm-hmm. it made me you know feel like maybe she really just wanted to expend one child and yeah. really focus on two of them well
0: and she was not Amani's birth mother either mm-hmm. so like that could have something yeah. to do with it um, cuz i believe the other two children belong to both her and uh, Arman mm-hmm. I- Aman so yeah yeah it's a very tragic story um I just... It, they're, yep. That's <laughs> all I, I can say. It's that's all I can say. It's tragic, yes. <laughs> um, so if you need something to lighten your mood from this awful downer of an episode, why don't you check out this podcast? Murder. Do you have anything to say on why you should not die according to the law? Mysteries. A dreadful accident has happened at Flannins. The Three Keepers, Duckett, Marshall... And the occasional have disappeared from the
1: island. Join us at the Hidden Staircase podcast, where every two weeks I will bring you stories and cases you've probably never heard. You can find us on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to lock your doors and hold tight to your flashlight. All right,
0: guys, that has been our episode for this week.
1: Um, Take your Zoloft and your antidepressants. And
0: you know what? Warm sorry. up with a good book and a dog to give some pets to. like
1: family time and Thanksgiving's coming and hold your family members close unless you abuse them like you turn yourself in. Real close. <laughs> close. Real too close. close. Too close. Too
0: close. Too close. So before we go, we want to talk about our events yeah. that are coming up. We have stuff um, happening. <laughs> this episode, when does this one come out? The third. Okay, so. Perfect. (laughs) So we can talk about both of the things that are coming up.
1: Yay! Hooray! True Crime Expo 2019! Uh, November 16th in... Beautiful Rockford, Illinois, <laughs> at Veterans Memorial Hall. We'll be there at the True Crime Expo um, with Haunted Rockford. Ugh, that'll be uh, so John fun. John Growski's coming. It's yes. going to be amazing. Tickets yes. are on sale now at Haunted Rockford. I believe they're 15 in advance and 20 at the door. Um, It's going to be a whole day of true crime. We're going to be up there talking live stories. Yeah. Uh, And then later that evening across the street there's going to be a filming of one of John Borowski's films. So it's literally a whole day of fun events. Yeah. Yeah. Come check it out. Meet us in real life if you want. (laughs) Or awkwardly stare at us from across the auditorium Yeah, (laughs) wishing you had the nerve to say something to what did that guy call us last year at the other one? The Crime Sisters? <laughs> the Crime... What? What did he say? What did he call who us? Said, who said what? Like when we talked... Okay, so we did it at an event before with Haunted Rockford. They're like our... At dead, the Dead Guy Festival. Yeah, at the Dead Guy Festival okay. this, year, this past year. Um, He called us like the Crime Sisters or the True Crime Girls or something... I think it was sisters.
0: I like that. Yeah. I don't remember that, but <laughs> you I, I that? like it
1: because we told like I told the story about an axe, the Visalia, not Visalia, Felisca. That's
2: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> all the same. Yes. Axe murders in Iowa, and yeah. he was going to talk
0: a little bit about it. And oh yes, that, that I do. Uh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> he yes, was like, "The I crime do. sisters covered this a little bit." Yep. And I'm like, "Oops, it stole his thunder." Hey, yeah,
1: sorry, they didn't it. tell us what everyone was talking about, so no. we, we picked this really is, random stuff. This is just, what
0: happens when you give us free creative of rain. Yeah. Just sorry. Perfect. So we didn't really spoil anything because no. we came at it He was it. like, but I also have 15 other things to talk <laughs> Which is about. Fine. Yeah,
1: um, But we came
0: from the true crime aspect. He mm-hmm. came from the paranormal. So it was yes. fine. Yeah, it yeah. melded well. Yeah. <laughs> so come check us out for that. Yes. Um, we are also going to be at the 2019 Dark Art and Oddities Con, Mr. Willies. Mr. Willys. Oddities Con. You gotta say it like that. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Today only. <laughs> it's gonna be Dark. Oh man. Um man, so we need to make a commercial. this is going to be at the Red Roof Inn in DeKalb and uh, so the thing it's November 23rd and 24th. We are only going to be there for one day on the 24th from 11 to 7. We'll have a table, we'll be hanging out. I keep looking talking at to the people. time and I'm like, "Oh god, that's so long." I know. Um, we'll, we'll be hanging out to talking to, to people. Janelle's talking about game. Yes, something. I want There'll be something for know. you to do interactively yes. with us. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll
1: also be taking ideas for episodes. Yes, I might so. do a couple recordings to put on Patreon.
0: Yeah, we're gonna if have to get a suggestion bowl. You
1: entice me.
0: <laughs> oh do that again you did a little entice dance it was like it's like tickling the balls i need castanets that's what this was it was a tickle in the balls motion i thought spanish dance i thought enticing you enticing you with a ball tickle spanish dance oh Oh, i I see (laughs) so that will be um november 24th you can find more information online i don't believe tickets for that are out quite yet? Not yeah, quite yet. Um not quite yet, but, but you can as soon also as they are. get them at the door too. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah totally. Um so that's that and yep. then Thanksgiving. That's an event not for the podcast but just in general <laughs> for America. For, mm. Makes it
1: worse. Yeah. I have a really difficult time being like enjoy your Thanksgiving.
0: I just like uh, seeing my family.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wish it that was, you know, not born out of mass genocide, yes. but what can you do?
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> on that note, if Holidays. you guys yeah, if you, know? you guys need something to support that, no. Um, but you can find all the information about merch for the show or if you want to support the show. All of that information is at Mm-hmm. Various links. Yes. I did click, mention click, click, Patreon. Click. There
1: are things up there. Ooh. We did a couple um, fun stories from other podcasts that yes. sent us for Halloween. Yeah. You can still listen to those.
0: You can be and. Um, spooby-
1: any time of year, yeah, and we'll have some cool stuff up for the holidays too. Yes. I think I might do another holiday roundtable with my family because that got a lot of hits. Did it? <laughs> yeah, nice. We're pretty bananas, so that's I'm not surprised. Um, but yeah, if you come to one of our events, I'm I'm gonna I will try to record you people. To do a holiday
0: roundtable with my family.
1: Do it, yes.
0: Because they're all I just into recorded true crime. It on my
1: phone and it turned out. Yeah, fine.
0: <laughs> that's fun. Maybe yeah. we'll see. No mm-hmm. promises. All right. Um, <laughs> anyway, our sound and editing is by Tiff Fullman. Our music is by Jason Zakrzewski, The Enigma. <laughs> Some days I can't talk. It's okay. It's every day. Sometimes I can't human. Every day. Um, we will see you all or speak to you all. We'll be in your we'll ear holes. be, be in dream, dreams. T- two weeks. Um, bye. Bye. <laughs> we're done with
3: you <laughs> it
1: was as if a wave of evil washed over this town